0: Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host. And by you, I mean Mort, a.k.a. Mortis Media. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming on. All good. Cool. So um, a lot of our listeners probably won't know anything about you. So if you would go ahead and give yourself a little introduction, what you do, everything.
1: Hello, listeners. Um, I am a horror narrator from England. What does that mean? Well, it means I just tell scary stories. Uh in a podcast format on YouTube, um, yeah. If, if that is something that intrigues you, feel free to check it out.
0: Cool. Um, I have a question right off the top. Go ahead. I am. I'm not going to say I'm a super fan of yours because that's I fine. only only listen to your videos during spooky season, which I'm sure you see <laughs> a, a bump in views during that time of the year.
1: Actually, no. It's it generally says the same. Oh, well, that's interesting oh, wow. to know. Actually. <laughs>
0: Well, my question is, how exactly did you, um, I don't want to say how did you start, but when did you like decide, oh, narrating horror stories, mostly off Reddit, that's, where I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. Like, how did you decide that?
1: Well, I've always been a bit of a like a horror nerd, a horror junkie. Like When I was 9 or 10, I'd try and stay up really late, um, because I, I remember that around that time, at 9 or 10 p.m., you'd get on discovery channel and stuff like haunted hotels and ghost stories you know stuff like that and i always found that fascinating when i was really young i went to a um a garage sale with my mum, and i found this book on like ghosts and the paranormal and i've read it cover to cover like 10 times at least and so i've always been into that kind of stuff and then when YouTube started to really kind of kick off, I always was super intrigued with, you know, how anyone could just make a video and try and make it big and, well, you know, just share something that they really liked. And when I was about 18, I started cutting up, um, what's it called? <laughs> the name's escaped me now. It's been replaced with something else, uh, Robot Chicken.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. do you guys
1: know robot chicken yes yeah. yes <laughs> well what i used to do is I, I used to like have favorite snippets of each episode so i would just cut up all the best snippets and like make my own episodes out of their episodes so like i would just make a compilation of my favorite parts and i uploaded them to youtube being like yeah i'm gonna start compiling these and then after the third one they deleted my account for copyright Oh, yeah, that all makes sense, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, it's to be expected, really. I picked up, like, 70 views, and I was like, yeah, I've got 70 views, wow, and then they (laughs) deleted my channel. So I realized then that that's not something that you could do, but I always had it, like, oh, I I really would love to do something. And Obviously, as more time went by, more people started blowing up. You know, people came out of nowhere and said, wow, they've got a million subs now. It's amazing out of, like, you know, in, like, a year. Um. And from then, it was always in the back of my mind. And then, you know, I went to uni, I started work. And then the thing is, in my job, it was really, really boring. Like, I'm talking just desk, you know, dividers, office, super boring. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I, I don't know why, but I started getting bored of, like, listening to music. And one day one thing was recommended was like these serial killer documentaries. So I started listening to them while I was working to pass the time. And eventually, uh, because it just kind of autoplayed, it led me to people like Rob Gavigan, formerly Rob Dyke, and, you know, the creepypasta kind of group. And I, And when I started listening, I was like, oh, my God, I love this stuff. I've always been a big fan of, like, audio, of listening to... You know, audiobooks and stuff, and it it just like ticked all my boxes. Like, wow, this is this is what I'm about. I think I found my people. And and then Rob Gavigan hosted a competition where he said, if you've ever thought about being a YouTuber, I'm offering someone the opportunity to win uh, all this equipment. I think he was offering about ten thousand dollars worth of of gear. And then five thousand dollars in cash and I was like, Shit, Jeez. I need this. I need <laughs> this in my life. So I got all my friends together and I worked really hard on, on writing a makeshift, makeshift script to make a, like a little like a short five minute horror movie because it could only be five minutes long. And we were out there in the freezing cold, like on on Halloween, only because that was the only day we were all available to meet up. We had to drive like an hour and a half to get to my grandma's house. And we recorded it all there. And I remember my fingers feeling like they were gonna fall off because it was so cold outside. It was like, well, I know it's different to Fahrenheit, but like zero or minus a couple of Celsius. And I was like, bloody hell, this is not worth it. But we did it and I uploaded it. And, you know, we were quite hopeful that we might get somewhere. But we didn't we didn't win we lost to, to someone else who definitely deserved to win um and, and and yeah and then after that i thought well i've got the channel now am i really just gonna like let it disappear and i thought well i asked my friends like guys do you not want to make more of these and they were all like nah bro it's too long takes too much time i don't know if i can commit to this even on a monthly basis So I was like, ah, okay. So I decided then I would try and do it myself. And obviously after listening to to the horror narration community for about a year, I thought, well, you know, I love audio. I love like scary stories. I'm going to give it a go. And I did. And it took about three months to get like 70 subscribers. And I remember at the time, I didn't even care. I just loved the fact that I was doing something creative. It, It wasn't about, you know, Going up, it was like going up in subs, it wasn't about um, getting loads of views. It was just the fact I was just pleased with myself that I was doing something that I finally knew that this is something I really wanted to do, and yeah, I I really put in a lot of effort while I was still working at this company, but then they they decided that they would hire new staff in Ireland. And that it was going to make our life a hell of a lot easier because we'd have less workload. And everyone was like, yeah, great. That means less work for us. Turns out that they low key made us train our replacements. Mm. And then one day it was like I I literally came back from Disneyland for my wife's 25th birthday. We We all went. We had a really cool time. We came back the day after, you know, I've just come in fresh from Disneyland. And then we get an ominous email saying, "Hey everyone, meet at nine p- nine a.m. at the you know in the kitchen area." So we all go, and it's like, "Hey, thanks so much for training the Irish people." Turns out they're replacing you. You're all fired. You've got a month to leave. And it was like, "Ah, oh, that's great." So, <laughs> a bit crap. Kind of yeah, no, that's terrible.
2: That.
1: <laughs> it worked out for the best actually because I thought, well, you know, my, my YouTube channel has been going for about a year and a half. I had about. Like eighteen thousand subs at the time, so it wasn't bad. And I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna give it my all. So I started publishing daily content on there uh, after my redundancy, and I think I did that for about four and a half years. But the daily grind burns you, burns you down. It really wears you out. And after that, I was just like, nah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, you hear that from a lot of YouTubers for sure. Yeah, so (laughs) I've, I've I've gone down to like. Three times a week now, which is which is manageable, which is nice, but yeah, it, it all started from there, you know, like the love of scary stories, Rob Gavigan hosting a competition, and just kind of like a like a chain of events really that that got me to where I am today
0: cool, cool, hmm. um one of my favorite uh I don't know if you'd call it styles or like uh format or one of the the stories you read is the stalker videos. It's my favorite, because I don't know something about, like, how realistic, more realistic that is than other horror stories, like, makes it actually scary. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I I get what you mean. They are quite chilling, uh, especially when the stalker actually, you know, like, breaks in or actually causes physical harm. It, It does get quite quite scary. Right, when Uh, there's like some
2: more action to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I think especially if you don't believe in ghosts or the paranormal and stuff, it it certainly adds that credibility because it's something that can certainly happen to you. I, I mean, there are people who have had stalkers who didn't even know they had stalkers for years. Just like There was this one story about this girl who used to get calls in the middle of the night and she'd pick it up, she'd just hear the heavy breathing, you know, traditional stalker stuff and hang up the phone. And one day, they, it all suddenly stopped. And then she went to college and she met this guy and he thought he was really cool. And they were having like a really good relationship. They'd been going out for like three years at this point, just as like college is ending. And one day he's out with his friends and they'd moved in together into his apartment. And she has to get something in his wardrobe. And at the bottom of his wardrobe she finds this box and she's like oh what's in this box probably shoes she opens it and it's pictures of her from when she was like 15 you know taken from really far (laughs) away pictures of her bedroom window and then she remembers all those phone calls and all the heavy breathing and then it finally clicks and she remembers how she met her current boyfriend and it was like he kind of popped up out of nowhere and how he oddly already knew things about her, but she kind of just brushed it under the rug and was like, ah, maybe he, I don't know, read it on Facebook or something. And it all clicked that the stalker had not only been stalking her for years, but actually got to the same college, you know, gotten to be with her, and it was all just this elaborate plan to be with her. But then, obviously, she she ran. She 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 ended it immediately,
2: right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness.
1: That's sick.
2: Yeah. Like if I found out that Taylor had actually been stalking me for years, I w- yeah, I'd be out in a second. You mean,
0: how do you know I wasn't?
2: Well, you I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Um
2: it doesn't add up.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um more you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Okay. But um how often are you getting prepared for one of your videos and you're getting the stories off Reddit or wherever else? And, um, and you're thinking in your head, like, this story is complete bullshit, but I'm going to read it anyways.
1: <laughs> you know, I used to do it a lot more often because when you do daily, the problem is creating 40 minutes of video every day is hard. So sometimes I'm just like, yeah, this story is utter garbage, but I've only got 30 minutes left and I've, I've got to do it. The thing is, it doesn't always work like that because I have to get permission for the story. So I make that decision. I made that decision a long time before I'd even read it. I would just like put it in a column and be like, yeah, this story is a bit... Mm, and I'd usually leave it at the end because my analytics showed that, you know, some people have already dropped off by that point of the video. So I'm mm. like, well, you know, I can just leave it. I can just put it at the end, just kind of like to fill out the time. Yeah. But uh, now that I've been doing it less and less, I really have just been trying to stick to... Stories that I think are, are far better, which I think is good. It's, it does suck to feel like you're forced to put in something that you don't think is particularly well done.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if by well done you mean like just written well because uh, I'm ready to out myself on this podcast right now. I've been waiting <laughs> for this podcast to out myself, but I uh, under the podcast name on Reddit, Uploaded to the real stories, the true scary stories, stalker stories, not stalker, not stalker stories. It was just a scary story, but it was something that actually happened to me. But then I happened to be an author. So I elaborated beyond nonfiction into the fiction realm and combined it with what actually happened to me and made the story way better than it really was. And I, oh, had, I had at least 15 horror YouTubers reach out to me and be like, can I use this in my real stories series? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, go ahead. But Maybe it's not.
1: It's not all real. <laughs> I, I mean, that is the risk. That is, that is a risk. But, you know, we can only go with what people say. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, have, we have to just kind of give people the benefit, benefit of the doubt that it's generally un- unembellished. But, obviously, there's no way of us going, right before I tell your story, I'm gonna have to interrogate you to make sure all the facts are there. Like, There's no time, there's no way to double check. But I mean, if if someone says it happened like that, even if it didn't, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to share stories. And I think everyone knows that when you say, like, it's a true story. And when, in my case, anyway, when I do stuff that, you know, like paranormal, aliens you know cryptids like skinwalkers and stuff that you have to make the conscious decision if you know if you want to invest in hearing it because you might not believe in it anyway and if you do want to hear it well you know that that's your business but you know i can't verify that any of this stuff actually happened i can just hope or you know assume it happened based on what other people say
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and for myself it's like uh I listen anyways, I'm a huge skeptic I don't believe, I believe like maybe uh, 5% of those stories that I hear, but I like the stories themselves anyways so, because I'm a big fiction fan so regardless to if they're true or not, they're interesting especially if well written, so Yeah Yeah, I just sent it, okay There's two paragraphs, they're like happy stories and I was wondering if you could read them in your typical creepy narrated
1: voice Sure, give me a sec. Sometimes people come into your life and you know right away that they were meant to be there to serve some sort of purpose, teach you a lesson or to help you figure out who you are or who you want to become. You never know who these people may be. Possibly your roommate, neighbor, co-worker, long lost friend, lover, or even a complete stranger. But when you lock eyes with them, you know at that very moment that they will affect your life in some profound way. And now the second one. I love this. (laughs) That's great, that's great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The first day of school, our professor introduced her himself and challenged us to get to know someone we didn't already know. I stood up and looked around when a gentle hand touched my shoulder. I turned around to find a wrinkle. wrinkled little old lady beaming up at me with a smile that lit up her entire being. She said, Hi, handsome. My name's Rose. I'm 87 years old. Can I give you a hug?
0: Man you can make anything sound creepy
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought that's where this one was going. yeah it that's does exactly it does I mean, it does
0: yeah. start a little creepy, but it's like a, it's like a story about how to make friends with anybody despite their age or gender or anything like that so and then you successfully make it sound creepy. uh was there a point in making videos where you decided has that voice always been inside of you, or did it like come as you made videos?
1: like i I usually started narrating in my regular voice but (laughs) i did this one collaboration with a guy called nature's temper about four years ago and he has a voice like this i can't even do it properly he's said you know when you hear him it sounds like butter melting in your mouth it's like such a lovely voice i love his (laughs) voice so much and when i started hearing his voice i was like oh my god i want to narrate like this too and i heard him just talk normally and he just talks that way, and it's just like, "Oh my god, your voice is amazing." <laughs> so I started um, like training my voice to like go a bit deeper to, to get kind of like into the malt persona, uh, and yeah, eventually it just became habit.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, a lot of people fall asleep to your voice, from what I can tell in the comments. So,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well, I've actually got a very funny story about that. I agreed to do a collaboration with a guy. Uh, who'd came all the way from Canada. And so we met in the YouTube studio in London. And uh, it was the first time that I was recording with someone else live. And we prepared the stories in advance. And we sat down in the studio. I brought the mic and my laptop. And he recorded his, his parts of, you know, his stories for the channel. And then I was like, okay, cool. You did a really good job. He made like no mistakes. He told me that he read it through like 50 times. And I was like, bro, you're amazing. I read it through like once. (laughs) Okay. Um, And he was, you know, really good. And then I started narrating and he was sitting in front of me. And he started falling asleep.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like,
1: you're falling asleep in real life in front of me as I do this. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm just so used to falling asleep to your voice. (laughs)
0: at the same time that's a compliment yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah, it's like i'm doing my
1: job
0: it's like your voice is so soothing you're putting people to sleep and you're putting people to sleep generally with uh stories about whatever creepy shit so it's like
1: (laughs) yeah it's always surprised me like people listen to me and even though the content is you know supposed to be scary they're like yeah i'll just put this relaxing horrible stuff on and pass out slowly
0: it's kind of weird too because even the well i guess i mostly listen to the stalker stuff so i don't relate to maybe all the people who are listening to your stuff but like it's pretty creepy to go home like i work second shift so i get home at 1 a.m and i'm by myself and i'm like uh yeah somebody could just definitely followed me in here like (laughs) and as a person who's actually had a stalker before it does tend to be a little creepy so
1: (laughs) so i'd love to hear about this i don't know if i was Mm. one of the ones who messaged you about your story well my
0: that's not the story that i put on on reddit oh because I wasn't I wasn't scared of my stalker, so <laughs> it was
1: just. Do, do you do you want to share it now? I'd love to hear. Yeah, it. I
0: can. I've never talked about this on the podcast, but um, uh, I was single for a good period there, and I was you know in the dating scene, and I uh, I happened to be bisexual, so I was I was ha- messaging with a guy who I decided not to go any further with. And, uh, I knew he was completely harmless, but he got super obsessed with me. Like he would message me every day. I would block him and he would like make fake accounts to keep messaging me on like Facebook or wherever it be, Snapchat or whatever. And, uh, I even remember him like being parked in my apartment parking lot sometimes just like sitting in his truck. Cause I knew he was bragging about this new truck he got all the time. And one time I was, uh, I ride motorcycle and I was sitting at a caribou in the parking lot. Everybody knows I go to that caribou anyways. So it wasn't specifically creepy but he sends me a snap from a different account with like a, just a picture of me on my motorcycle and i was like this is just too weird but yeah so glad that doesn't happen glad that that phase is over <laughs>
1: uh, h- how did it end
0: he just he just stopped at one point like that was it so
1: he just got bored isn't it
0: Yeah, and like i was never afraid of him had he actually like confronted me i knew i could uh take care of myself around him but
2: or maybe it didn't end, and he's been more secretive <laughs> about it.
0: Well, yeah.
1: he may be listening right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That did worry me a little bit, though, because I was like, if I get into a, a serious relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. what if this guy is still like watching from a distance, but then he takes it on, on that person instead of me?
1: This is true. It's, oh, no. Yeah. It's quite a harrowing thought.
0: Right. But luckily, I don't think that that's... Well, you never know. He, he, but... <laughs> probably,
1: he, probably, he probably got Am bored of it. Am I in danger? Yeah. <laughs> stalkers do.
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't think he ever intended any harm. So yeah, I assume it got boring after a little while.
1: I, I never understand the mentality of stalkers. It's like, if someone says no, what makes you think that by being exceptionally creepy, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you know what? The amount of times that you follow me and stare at me, I find it so profoundly, you know, great, I, I want to have more relationship with you after whatever broke us down, broke us down. The fact that you're so committed to stalking me makes me want this even more. Like, Where in their head do they think that's going to happen? Yeah, Yeah. I've never understood it either. In the amygdala. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: I think that for stalkers, and I guess I don't know all of like the psychology behind it, but I don't think that their end goal is to have a relationship with their the person they're stalking i think it's more that they have an obsession with the person and anything that they can do to be closer or like to have some sort of satisfaction and a lot of times stocking cases end up in like brutal attacks or murder and i mean yeah that unless makes... unless they just like get caught or get bored or whatever like it's really sense. it's really like a, just an obsession And it's because, like, the chemicals in their brain aren't balanced how they're supposed to be. (laughs) So they get, I don't know, get things gone too far.
1: Yeah, shame, really.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think they're targeting the wrong group, actually. Why do you say that? Well, there's a whole group of women that love serial killers and weird (laughs) people, weird interactions. and and So, yeah, I think they're just targeting the wrong group. I feel like it would work on someone who, like, likes a serial killer or likes that stuff. Like, there are women who have told me, like, I, I would definitely go on my way to have sex with a serial killer so like maybe they're just waiting for somebody to stalk them
2: wait do they mean like any serial killer or yeah just like the fact like that they've one. killed
0: multiple people turns them on
1: oh actually pretty yep. yeah pretty disturbing yeah
2: i've heard of people that are like you know serial killer obsessed and like when people you know get caught and they get locked away like there will be like thousands of women like writing fan mail to these people like Oh my God. How can you, like I'm, I'm kind of like a true, true crime fan. Like I listen to a lot of true crime, like scary stories and stuff, but I don't think, no, like I would never want to be with a serial killer. I'm just interested in like how everything, like how their brains work and like why they do all this shit.
0: We've already established Ah. on this podcast that you are with a serial killer. Actually, (laughs)
2: maybe (laughs) Maybe I am.
0: Uh, catch you after uh, yeah. Mort.
1: I, I I do find it very interesting. Did you guys watch the Ted Bundy movie? I think it was on Netflix. It's called like horrific, disturbing, or something like that. It's, it's a really long title. It's with Zac Efron.
2: Uh no, I I saw that. I haven't watched it yet, but I know a lot about the Ted Bundy case, so like I don't think I'm missing anything.
1: No, nah, like I mean, it'd just be a, an
2: entertaining film.
1: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting perspective because it's told from the point of view of his you know, his girlfriend who he was living with while he committed all these murders. and
2: okay. And
1: because she was the one who reported him to the police because when she saw, like, a sketch of his face to to someone who he tried to kill, didn't kill, and they, like, made a sketch to... They gave the description to a sketch artist and then they put it on the police. She saw that on the news and she was the one to report him because I think... She was a single mom and he moved in with them and he she had a daughter like a young daughter and it's it's quite disturbing because there are pictures you can see of like him in that neighborhood playing with like with the hose pipe and with water guns with the neighborhood kids and stuff and it's like he was around all these vulnerable people and yet when he'd like go away he just becomes someone else or was it inside him the whole time it's just it's It's really creepy it is it's always the people
0: you least expect and
2: it and it is like there's so many people that have said like uh like with interviews about ted bundy that say like he seemed like a really nice guy he was so friendly like never would have thought that about him but yeah he he had that dark side like all along it's like killing like what i don't even know what his count was in the end but crap ton of people
1: oh i know I know there's a there's a really famous Reddit story you guys might have already heard it I don't know which serial killer it is I don't think it's Ted Bundy but it's it's these this young couple well not even a young couple this guy asks out this girl um you know years ago like in the 60s or something and the girl agrees you know to go out and I think they go and have a meal and then because it was wasn't dark quite yet, he's like, Oh, why don't we go for a hike up this like up this hiking trail or whatever. So they get together, they go on the hike, and then it's starting to get dark, and part way through the hike they're, they're feeling quite unnerved, like there's something in the air that is making them afraid. They're not sure what. And at one point the guy's shoe hits something And he doesn't really know what it is. It's a bit squidgy. He's like, the hell is this? But instead of investigating further, he's like, nah, you know what? Should we just turn around? And so the couple turn around, leave, get married, have kids, life goes on. They tell the story to their daughter. And one day, when they're watching the the news, years later, this, this serial killer has been put away and he's now being interviewed and they're asking him when is the closest before you were, you know, actually found out that you were the closest to being discovered? And he was like, well, there was this one time I was on this hiking trail dragging a body up there and I was trying to hide it. It was like dark. And then out of nowhere this couple comes along and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get discovered. This is it. You know, I can't take on two people. <laughs> and then the guy hits the dead Girl, and instead of like thinking, What did I just hit with my shoe? He's like, Oh, let's just turn around, Bay, and leaves. And he said, In that moment, I thought I was done, but they just left. And and the couple are watching this on TV and like, That's us, oh that's, my that's us, us. Oh my God. That, those people.
0: That's a first date story. That's a hell of one. That, you know, that <laughs> is a first date story. And a half, God.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard that one. I've heard definitely like a lot of stories about people went on a date. And it was too weird. And the, the person kept insisting, let's go back to my place or whatever. And then they ended up being some type of serial killer or whatever. So yeah, heard I've quite heard quite a few of those. I've heard
2: a bunch of stories like that, too. It's oh, like, yeah. Makes me very scared to like go on dates with people. Why I was single for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially it's... during COVID when you can't go anywhere.
2: Well, right, oh, and then yeah. and then dates were, really, like, really scary because it's, like, your only option is, like, you can, like, go outside. Like, I like hiking, so you could, like, go for a hike, but then you're alone with a new person in a very secluded place or, like, go to someone's house. And it's, like, um, I don't know if yeah. any of these options are really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're not the best, are they?
2: <laughs> no. Well, yeah, especially not for someone that's listening to... True crime constantly. Like, I'm
1: scaring myself, you know? <laughs> and I, th- I think the thing is, you know, when you listen to too much of this stuff, it makes you, like, quite hyper-aware of stuff. <laughs> yes, Sometimes yeah. you can overreact to situations. Uh, yeah. Like, I- I've heard so many... Like, the thing that really scares me, though, are the kidnapping stories.
0: There, yeah. there aren't
1: that very mm-hmm. many of them in my circle. But I think the reason is because most of the time, if you get kidnapped... You're gonna die, yeah. so you're not gonna get a <laughs> yeah. chance <Just> to <laughs> actually share your story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As sad as that is, yeah,
0: that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you had any creepy encounters, experiences?
1: Honestly, no. I've, I've led a very, you know, creepy-free life. I mean, there was there's only one thing that's happened to my wife and I. Um, but again, it's something that. I'll tell it to you, and you can be the judges, but she lived in France during her year abroad because in Europe, when you're at university, you're allowed to study in a foreign university in another country for a year as part of your course. So I did it, and then she did it the year after. And she was in France in a place called Bordeaux, very famous for, like, winemaking stuff. And she had about... She had to walk about a kilometre down this road... It was a, It was like a neighborhood road, it was like houses everywhere, but there only had three street lights, so you know one at the start, one in the middle, and one towards the very end. So the lighting was poor. and we had just come back from the cinema, it was quite late, and it was you know raining a little bit. you know we call it spitting in England. And we started walking across the gloom and just holding hands, you know talking about the film, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like, and then we always went past this one house on the right. This house always had like crap on the outside, you know, stuff all over the lawn. But we'd never seen anyone there. We'd never seen a car. For, you know, as far as we knew, it had always been empty. And, you know, we just never questioned it. And as we were walking right by this house that was completely pitch black, there were no lights on, there was no light in the garden. It was pitch black and we'd always known it that way. So we weren't surprised by it. We hear this laughter erupt out of nowhere. You know, like the typical demonic like ah, you know, <laughs> laughter like that. Creepy. And I swear, like the fact that it was, you know, not not quiet. It was silent. It was silent apart from us talking and our footfalls. Not even the rain was making noise. And then this laughter just kind of erupts out of nowhere. We just ran straight home. It, it was only like 500 meters away, so it wasn't that bad. But we were just like, should we go back and check? And then we just looked at each other and we like, nah. And no. just went straight <laughs> in. But I always wonder, like, could it have been something paranormal? Or was it just like some guy sitting in the rain and in the dark, just waiting for someone to go by? And I mean, this isn't a very transited place, so this person would have had to wait a while just to think, yeah, I'm going to scare these kids. You know, like, it, either way, I, I found it very creepy, but... I don't know what it was.
0: Well, you know what they say. Heroin is quite a drug. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make people do some weird stuff.
2: <laughs> uh, honestly, that, I, that could be an explanation too. It could be just somebody on, like, having a trip or something. When you
0: spend enough time downtown Minneapolis, you start to understand that a little bit.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't spent much time downtown Minneapolis like, at all. <laughs> And I'm always with a group of people when I've been down there.
0: was a lot of, so a lot of, more safe. it's always, it's never, there's never weird people. People in general are really cool, actually. Yeah. Like, uh, sure, you don't get along with everybody, but people are really cool in general. But when you get one of the weird ones, it's generally because they're influenced by drugs or alcohol. So that's <laughs> <laughs> been my experience anyways. I actually have a, I forgot I was saving this for this podcast as well. <laughs> I have a paranormal experience as somebody who's a hyper skeptic of anything paranormal.
1: But before you tell me, do you believe it's paranormal, or do you think there's an explanation for it?
0: I have yet to come to a good explanation.
1: Okay. Do, do you want to share I, it? Do
2: I know this story?
0: You do know the story, but I've told you it off air, and I almost told it on one of the podcast. I was like, oh no, this is the episode for this it. is the one for. And it. honestly, okay. I should have typed it out, sent it to Moore, and had him read it. <laughs> <laughs> should have done it that way. But anyways, so when I was young, like eight. You remember the story? This is? Yes, okay. I remember this story. I
2: was like, yeah, I want to like, know what Mort or... thinks, cause seven... I, I don't know, I have mixed feelings.
0: <laughs> I was like seven or eight years old. I don't remember which one, but um, uh, just to give everybody a reference, the house I lived in, um, the hallway wasn't like a long hallway. It was a square, but it was a hallway. And then connected to the hallway was mine and my brother's bedroom. We all shared a bedroom. And then uh, next to that was my sister's bedroom, and then next to that was the bathroom, and then next to that was my parents' room, so it was, like, all a square. And then there was, like, an opening that connected to the living room. So I slept on the top bunk, and then my brothers had one of them slept on the bottom bunk, one slept on the, the side bunk. Well, we all went to bed one night. You know, we always had to clean up our toys and everything before I went to bed, and then, like, you know, it was bedtime. You couldn't go out messing around with toys or anything like my parents would yell at you. Because they would wake up really easy, because their room's right next to a our room, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and looking in the hallway, because there was still some light from like the street, so I could see into the hallway, and there was a kid playing with toys, and I was like, Jake, like Jake, you're not supposed to play with that's my brother, you're not supposed to play with toys, like we know this, didn't respond at all, kept playing with these like uh, we had like train sets, and he's playing with the train set. And then I go, maybe it's not Jake, maybe it's Nick. So I'm like, hey, Nick, like we're not supposed to play with toys. And then he doesn't respond. And so I look below me, Jake's in the bed. And I look to the bed, Nick's there. I'm like, oh, we're both in the room. And then I got just, I was like, strucking. So I was like, how is that possible? Who is this? And so I was like, I'm going to go to my, I'm I'm like seven or eight. So I'm like, my instant reaction is I need to go to my parents' room and sleep with them. (laughs) So I get up and I walk over there and I walk behind this, whatever it is. And I, kid and I confirm a... I confirm it's not like an object or something because I walk past and I can see the kid playing with toys. And then I walk past and I go to my parents' room and I go to bed and I'm terrified. And I always thought that that, that, that story was just a, like some weird, like I was half dreaming. You know how sometimes you're still dreaming when you wake up? So I just thought that that was the case until like, I don't know, a year or two ago. I don't remember exactly what time it was. My sister was not connected to me telling the story at all she was telling somebody else a different story about that same thing but she was telling it in the frame of it was one of us playing when we weren't supposed to be and I remember he- her hearing her say that and being like that is that was the exact experience I had only I know we were all in our rooms
2: and then you wow. went to your parents and then you went over to
1: your parents right? yeah
0: so for a long time I just thought I was like half dreaming so I never thought about it mm-hmm until she mentioned that in our adult lives.
1: That is pretty creepy. I've <clears throat> I've got a few questions though I mean, as a child at least, I would I would know if the toys that were being played with were like toys that we as a family owned. Did, did that ever, like when you did you ever think, hey, those are my toys or those are you know my brother's toys or anything
0: Yeah, no, to... and like I said, they were they were our toys we so, had, they
1: were your toys that were, be. And when you got up in the morning, were they still there or were they gone?
0: They were gone. They were gone the next morning.
1: Like they were put yeah. away. They
0: were like put away where yeah. they were supposed to be. Like we yeah. had them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's pretty creepy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, face value, given that your sister saw it too, you know, I would say, you know, that, that to me sounds like a pretty legit ghost story because you got multiple witnesses. But, you know, I, I don't think. I could find a rational explanation. I mean, what are the odds of you both half dreaming the same thing? Did you guys like take notes about what you, how, If I don't know how the light levels were, but if you saw any like identifying features, like maybe the color of the hair was different, the height, the age or whatever.
0: Yeah, so I don't think she took into account much about it because she just said like it was one of us playing with our toys we weren't supposed to. And like she said it like it was no big deal. Because, like, she was telling it to somebody else in the context of whatever they were talking about. And I was just overhearing the conversation. <laughs> and again, this is, this is later on in life. I'm an adult now. That's when I confirmed that in my head was when I heard her say that. So we, I didn't even, I haven't even taken notes with her. Because I was like, yeah. well, this is not possible. Like, <laughs> and since I'm such a skeptic and I don't believe in any, I'm not just a skeptic. I just don't believe in any, like, I'm completely atheist. So I don't believe in any spirits afterlife anything like that so like part of me is just like i need to keep trying to explain this away because
2: <laughs> there needs to be some sort of like yeah reasonable logical
0: like i keep i keep saying to myself like what it's it's completely reasonable we had a lot of friends in that neighborhood we m- m- my brothers and i we were very social we had a lot of friends so it's completely reasonable that maybe one of those kids just like
1: snuck into into our house like what you know started playing with your toys in the middle of the night ignored you completely when you went past not because you know he's breaking and entering and then like yeah taking your toys and then when you like creeped into your parents bedroom decided you know what i should probably leave you know put the toys away without waking anyone and then slowly quietly left
0: yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense does it
1: no i think i think there are varying (laughs) degrees of unfeasibility there
0: well and and something that's more creepy and uh i wish jake was here now so he could tell he has a different a separate story that's Mm -hmm. similar similar but not the same so i remember him telling me and it was just basically like uh you know seeing somebody in our hallway like just that shouldn't have been there like it was an adult figure for him and he said like he said like who are you because he like he knew it wasn't one of us he knew it wasn't one of my parents like he would recognize them even in the dark and he said who are you and the guy just stood there and so he was like so frightened he just went back to sleep like put his blanket above his head and went back to sleep so like he has a similar story but that happened a different time and the details are so different but i don't know i think that house might have been haunted that might be the only thing in my life that's ever convinced me a little bit
1: (laughs) i i I mean as like i'm an adult now and i've got kids of my own and i always make an effort to you know make sure that like when i go to bed doors are locked like we don't really open the windows but you know like just make sure like the all the doors and windows are locked you know, the gate is closed, stuff like that. Just just make sure that everything is secure so that no one can come in or out. Um, I don't know if your parents did that.
0: Mm, probably not. I don't think they If you knew no my type. parents, they didn't do a lot for <laughs> I don't think safety or... Um... No.
1: D- d- I mean, <laughs> they your... made sure
2: you were alive still. Like...
1: Oh, barely. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't think they were really that of uh... of you,
1: but... uh, Did you... I-, I know some places, like... Some people are super trusting, like, we don't leave our doors unlocked at night. I mean, did you at least lock your doors?
0: We did. We did. Actually, there's a funny story behind why we locked our doors, too. The day we moved moved into that house, um, we were renting that house. So it still had, like, a sign in the yard that said it was renting available. And we were moving our stuff in. And this guy, this really sketchy guy who uh, we were pretty sure was, like, trying to pick up drugs or sell drugs. We aren't sure to this day. But he came up there, and we were having, like, pizza help for the people who helped us move. And he's, like, knocks on the door. My dad answers. He's, like, how can I help you? And he's, like, "Uh, "Yeah, this house is for rent. I was just trying to look for the person who's renting it. He's, like, all sketchy about it, too. Like, like as soon as my dad answered, like, he changed. Like, it seemed like he was there for something else. And then he just goes. My dad's, like, this house isn't for rent anymore. And and the guy's, like, looking, like, inside, trying to look inside. And he's, like, "Uh, can I get, like, could I come in and, like, you know like join you guys and we're like what do you and then my dad's like no get out of here dude like it's not for rent and then he the guy left and so since then we were kind of sketched out about the town so the city that was uh we lived in uh fridley
1: okay and so
0: we used to call it after that we used to call it freaky fridley
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: but yeah so so definitely kept the doors locked and yeah i just still never been able to explain those two stories so
1: well I, I mean, each to their own. to, to me, it definitely sounds like like something was, was there or passed through there, or whatever you want to think.: but, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've got a question for you though. Just whenever, like, whenever you as a skeptic experience something or, or knows you've experienced something that you can't rationally explain away, does a small piece of you in the back of your mind be like, "I could be a little bit wrong?" I'm not talking about religion mm-hmm. or anything that profound. I'm just talking about, like, ghosts.
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely okay. think about that, especially with the story I just told you guys. But there have been... I've never had an experience like that again. So I've never questioned, like, was that a ghost? Like, I've never had another experience like that. But uh, as part of my shitty stand-up career that I'm never going to start, I actually had a joke about the fact that I questioned if God exists. So... Remember me telling you about that?
2: Yeah. Not <laughs> we good, won't go over that's, that here. No, that's, but... it's not a good joke.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. No. It's, it's a good stand-up bit. but
2: If it's what I'm thinking of, what you told me before, no.
0: But some, some things do make me question, and I go, huh, because like my stance says, a lot of people hear me say I'm an atheist, and they just go, oh, you don't believe in anything. Like, you're anti-whatever. Like, I'm not anti-anything. Being an atheist means I don't believe in, until I'm proven wrong
1: yes yes that's right yeah yeah. yeah 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 Yep. Yeah. now well you know everyone yeah, everyone can just believe what they want but mm-hmm. I, I i do personally believe in ghosts i i i don't know like I, i've read too many stories like I, I i thought i often think about this like when i'm in the shower or when i have like time to think i'm like you know ghosts have been spoken about for thousands of years you know there's evidence that people have... All, this has always been a hot topic. You know, not, not, not necessarily a hot topic, but it's been something that's been on people's minds and they've been speaking about for a while. Which, you know, when people die and people are upset about it, you can kind of understand, you know, people don't want their loved ones to be gone forever, you know, regardless of you know, whether you believe in an afterlife or not. But when people see, you know, ghosts of people they don't know or didn't know, or, or just like, it's completely random. To me it really puts into question it's like, well, so many people claim to see them. Is everyone just a little bit insane? Is everyone just lying? Do people just like spread it on the internet because they want like they they just want to get it out there and they just want to like perpetuate the myth? I mean, I haven't seen one myself and I would love to see one so much, but I've I've never seen one. But yeah, I'd, it it always just it always boggles my mind, it's like is it all bullshit, or are they really out there? You know?
0: Yeah, I have a, to, to lead us out now. I have to, I have to say I have an answer to what you're saying there. Okay. Um, it's basically like the Mandela effect, is what I think. So there are some people who actually think they see stuff, because people think they see stuff all the time. Then they'll tell this elaborate story about how they... Oh, there was this ghost. Somebody else will be like, oh... There was this ghost. You get enough people that say that and other people will actually just believe, like, trick themselves into thinking they are seeing ghosts because they've heard about it from other people, which is how the Mandela effect works. It's not, it's not the same. I'm just using a parallel as comparison. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. enough people I, I, say I Curious George has a tail. He has a tail now. Yeah.
1: I, I get what you mean, but, you know, like, in your case you were eight. Like, did you, did you think at the time, I've seen a ghost or, or what was that?
0: Um, yeah, my thought when I was in that situation, my thought was not that it was a ghost. My thought was that I don't know what's happening and I'm scared and I want to go be by my parents where I feel protected enough. Um, but yeah. But the idea definitely could have been subconsciously placed in my head because I was watching a lot of movies I shouldn't have been at that age. Oh,
1: fair enough.
2: (laughs) You were watching scary movies at that age? Yes, because
0: I'm obsessed with horror films. Right. And I've never been told I'm not allowed to watch them. So I've always (laughs) watched movies that are way out of the rating that I should be watching. Okay. So I'm sure that as an 8-year-old or 7-year-old or whatever age I was at the time, I think I was 7, that's probably a little much for my little mind to handle and I'm probably just, you know, seeing stuff. That's the only explanation I could think of. <laughs>
2: like you already had this subliminal messaging there, mm-hmm.
0: but then when my sister did that, then that freaked me out. So, right. So, yeah. Anyway, um, it's been really nice talking to you, Mort.
1: Thank you so much, guys. It's a yeah. great,
0: great opportunity to chat. Any anything else to lead out on, Emily?
2: Uh, no. I mean, yeah. It's been it's been really good talking to you, Mort. I I honestly didn't know like much about your videos or anything until Taylor introduced me so um if Taylor to thank for me knowing you
1: (laughs) (laughs) now well you know like I'm glad that you know when you watch that you enjoy it guys and if anyone else out there listening you know wants to hear creepy stories you can just hit me up at mortis media on youtube or other places too
0: awesome Thanks for listening to this episode. If you guys want to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. In the subject line, you put submission if you'd like to be on an episode. You want us to talk about something, you can put question or commentary in the subject line. If you are listening to this podcast on any of the podcast platforms, you can also find a video version of this podcast on YouTube.
1: Thanks a lot.
2: Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.